Welcome to Grace Family Church. We are so glad you decided to check out our podcast. Our prayer is that this teaching from Pastor Tommy will encourage your faith and lead you towards the greatness God has planned for you. Thanks again for listening. We hope you enjoy this message. Now I'm going to read to you again a verse of scripture I've read throughout this series, but I want to stress a certain part of it. Uh, in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 22 through 24, it says, And Jesus, and I, I inserted some words here, not doing it a disservice. I want you to recognize this is speaking to you. And what it says here, And Jesus answering said to them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whatsoever you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and shall be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his, in, in his or your heart, but shall believe that those things which he or you saith shall come to pass, he or you shall have whatsoever you saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. You see how many times you is implied or stated in that statement by Jesus. What he says there is that you have a responsibility in this equation, and your responsibility is to have faith in God and to believe. To have faith in God and to believe. And the reason many times we don't receive the promise of God is not because of a religious lie that many have bought and that floats around even in secular society, that everything happens for a reason. I don't have what I'm supposed to have because this is a part of God's plan. Even though he said in his word, you can have it. Right? If God has said you can have it, I can promise you this. It's not because he's withholding it. He's already poured grace upon grace. It's already been relinquished from his hand, and he ain't going to take it back. The, Bible, the Scripture tells us all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Yes and so be it. It's done, right? And so, and so it's not be, when you're not receiving something from heaven, it's not because of God. I want to stress this point. This is why I really felt like the Lord was leading me. This needs to be stressed. Never point the finger of blame at God because you haven't received something or it has been delayed or it hasn't, you haven't walked into it yet. Never blame him. And you say, well, I, and I'm talking about the things he specifically promised, right? Blessing, favor, prosperity, health, all of those things, right? Peace, joy. Never point the finger of God saying, well, I guess God's, I got to pray harder. I got to convince him. That is not the case. It's because we are human beings. <laughs> How many of you know that to be true? And as a human being, until we see him, we're going to have flaws and things that need to be ironed out. And, and so we're going to sometimes disconnect. But what a better place to be in your life when you humbly come before God and say, God, this ain't your fault. Show me how I can do better. What an arrogant position to say, I'm all right, God. It couldn't be me, so is you. And yet religion has propagated that lie to so many people. And so it's never God, it's us. And, 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 and so what do I mean it's us? I mean there are things that, there are reasons why we don't make a faith connection. And that's why I put this series together, I feel like the Lord wanted me to do it, because the reasons we don't are what I call those little faith killers. Song of Solomon chapter 2 and verse 15 says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vine, for our vines have tender grapes. What does it say there? It says, it is the foxes that spoil what is already on our vines. It's the little things. It's the faith killers. And so for the sake of time this morning, I'm not going to go through the last list that we did. I would encourage you. This is a great checkup message, right? It's a great healthy checkup. Go out there and just bookmark it on the, the website or on the podcast and go back and listen to it once a year. 
it'll brush you up on your faith. But today I want to talk about just a few more um, faith killers that we need to be aware of. And the first one I want to talk about today is the devil, Satan. Everybody say, Satan or the devil is a faith killer. See, sometimes we are going through problems not because our faith is not working, but because the devil is attacking. See, the scripture tells us very clearly that the devil is a very real enemy of God. He's an enemy of you, and he will attack you at some days. He will try to find a way into your life. Why? Because he hates you. Because God loves you, and he hates God. John chapter 10 and verse 10 says the thief. Everybody say thief. That means he's a criminal, right? He's not a good guy. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And so one of the reasons that we sometimes don't see answers to our prayers, not because our faith hasn't made a connection, but because the devil has attacked. Because he's tried to do some robbing, stealing, and killing in our lives. And I would tell you this, that when robbing, stealing, and destroying, and killing take place in your life, you need to recognize the source of your problem. See, half the battle is knowing who your enemy is. And sometimes it's important to recognize that you're not the problem. Well, how do I know when I'm not the problem? Well, if you humbly come before God, right, and you make, haven't made a connection, and you're not seeing it, and you say, God, I don't understand why this isn't happening. I still believe your word. I still believe you're working on your side. But what's the issue? If you hear crickets back, nothing back, don't you think God's big enough to tell you when you've got to fix something? He said, my sheep hear my voice, and a stranger's voice, they don't follow. So if you hear nothing back, then know this. Don't let the lie of condemnation we talked about as one of the faith killers, Rob. You recognize, wait a minute. God hadn't shown me anything wrong with me. I'm getting attacked by the devil. I got to do something about this, right? See, we need to understand that you're okay sometimes. It isn't you. <laughs> sometimes it's just a wicked devil who's trying to attack you. But if nothing is evident, we can actually rest assured that if we will put our faith in God in those moments when the attack comes, the attack has to leave. That was a good chance for an amen. I'm glad, I'm glad Grace did it under her breath. Say it loud, Grace. There you go. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resists, here it is, steadfast in the faith. See, the devil often tries to come at us as a roaring lion, but it's as a roaring lion. Recognize this morning, he's not a roaring lion, he's just a little fox. Right? He's one of those little foxes just trying to spoil your vine. He has been detoothed, he has been depowered, he has been defeated by our king and our champion Jesus, and he has no power or authority to enter your life that you won't allow him. He comes about as a roaring lion, but he's not one. And our path to resisting and overcoming our, his attacks is very clear there. Resist him steadfast in the faith. How do we resist the devil in the faith? The next two faith killers I'm going to talk about will help us understand that. But specifically, here is how we resist him. You ready? Because it's not hard. Luke chapter 10, verse 17 through 19. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord... 
Even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Everybody say Jesus. The devils are, you have been given as a believer the name of Jesus. And at the name of Jesus, the devil has to cease and desist in his attacks when you use it. It says, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan, this is Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now i got to tell you, there's a whole message in that one truth, I don't have time to go into today, but it talks about the transfer of authority throughout the ages and how now Jesus has been given authority and he's granted us authority to use the name of Jesus because he fell so many thousands and millions of years ago. And literally millions of years ago. You say, wait a minute, doesn't the creation say so? Another message for another time. He says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power. That word power is actually authority of the enemy. All the right of the enemy to work in your life. He has no right to work in your life. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so what that verse tells us is the way that we run the enemy off in our life is real simple. Just tell him to stop in Jesus' name. That's it. You don't need to pray long long prayers and fight against the devil and say, doesn't the Bible say that we stand against principles? I'm going to get to that verse in a minute. We wrestle not with flesh and blood. Don't we need to wrestle with the devil? I'm going I'm to get to that verse. Can you hold that thought for a minute? Just put it on the shelf because I'm going to address that in just a minute. But what I want you to see right now is the way that you run the devil off is just to tell him to stop in Jesus' name. Get your hands off my money, get your hands off my body, get your hands off my kids, get your hands off my life, in Jesus' name. He's a sneaky little cuss. And sometimes he'll come sneaking into your life and you'll see some stuff happening, some stealing and killing and destroying, and you just need to say, devil, little fox, stop in Jesus' name. That's what Jesus says. We don't run the devil off through long, drawn-out ceremonies and rituals. I'm going to say it again. We simply tell him to go in Jesus' name. Why do I know that? Because that's what Jesus did, and he's our example. Example, example. Maybe that's a real southern slang for example. Matthew chapter 17, verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Jesus didn't go through a bunch of... Oh, we got to pray. Oh, we got, you know, you know, and then you see these crazy movies out, you know, all these exorcisms and all, you know, holy blah, 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 you know, it's Dominus Obius, all this stupid stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. It's stupid. It gives the devil far too much power. And we see these scary movies about demons and everything. Man, I laugh at him. He's a little fox. Tell him to go in Jesus' name. Amen? We should follow his example. But you need to know this. For the name of Jesus to work for you, you must use it with faith. <laughs> you, uh, you just can't run around if you ain't spending time with Jesus and you ain't spending time in his word and feasting on his word and just throw the name of Jesus around like a magic wand and think it'll work. How do I know that? Because it didn't work for the seven sons of Sceva in the book of Acts. They went to cast a devil out and they said, in the name of Jesus that Paul preaches. And the devil jumped on them and did what those crazy movies say that the devil could do. Right? 
So there must be the application of using the name of Jesus because you've spent time in His presence. You've been empowered by His Spirit and you know that the name of Jesus has authority. You're not in fear and trembling saying it. You're saying it with authority because you know it. See, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 19. It says, Then Jesus' disciples, then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? Remember, just a few verses before, and Luke, Luke, they were rejoicing, right? Because we used the name. But now we use it, it didn't happen. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. There it is, real simple. They had not built their faith around the use of that. Maybe they got busy, maybe they got sidetracked, maybe they lost a little bit, maybe they slid back a little bit in their faith. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, and you shall say to this mountain, be removed, and hence to yonder place, and it shall, that sounds like a country boy, be removed hence to yonder place, and it shall, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit, notice this, this kind goeth out by prayer and fasting. A lot of people have thought that to mean what Jesus meant was they needed to get down and pray and fast for the devil to come out of this person. But that's not what Jesus did for that person. If that was who he's talking about, he would have done that. No, he spoke and rebuked and it left. What is he talking about here? He's talking about preparation time. He's talking about you spending time. It, it, it comes from you abiding in the vine. Without him, you can do nothing. Even though he's given you the use of his name, if you're not plugged in, there's no power to what you're saying. And the reason I say that is really important, right? Because if you're, if you're just too busy for God, but every time a problem shows up, you're going, ah, oh, rebuke you devil in Jesus' name. You might as well be saying Mary had a little lamb. Right, I, I love you enough to tell you that. I'm guilty of that sometimes. We get busy. But we need to prioritize our time with God so that we can resist the devil, as James says. Notice what it says. If we do spend time in the presence of God and we're full of faith and power, James chapter 4 says, Submit yourselves to God, therefore. Resist the devil. How do you do that? We already said in Jesus' name, right? And he will flee from you. That word flee means to run away in fear to vanish. Oh, 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 out the door he goes. When you use the name of Jesus. And so the enemy can be a reason that our answers to prayer and promises of God are delayed in being manifest in our life. But when we resist him in the name of Jesus and declare that he must go by faith in Jesus' name, we can stop the attack of the enemy and begin to see things turn in the right direction for our lives. Which leads me sort of to the next faith killer. What's the next faith killer that can rob us? And it's really, it can be a good thing, but very often it's a bad thing. And that bad thing is time. Time can be a faith killer for us. Sometimes in life, things just take time. Not because God's withholding it, not because he's doing it, but because God sometimes has to work through the minutia of this world to get you what he's promised you. And we're going to see this in just a minute. Sometimes things take time, and time has a way. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Time has a, a way of beating on you and wearing on you to at some point you becoming so discouraged that you let go of your faith. That's why the Bible says don't be weary in well-doing, right? So time can be a thief for us. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, 
walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So what does he say? Just because your problem isn't shown up doesn't mean that it's not going to show up. Everybody faces problems. That's what he's saying. But the grace of God, notice this, who hath called us unto eternal glory by Jesus Christ. Notice this phrase, after that you had suffered a while, make you perfect and established, strengthening. I'm fighting bees up here. I got a gnat flying around in front of me. If y'all are wondering why I was doing it. Abraham Lincoln said a preacher wasn't any good if he wasn't fighting bees. You know, he's just getting after it. Verse 10, let me read it again so you weren't distracted. It says, but the grace of all, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Notice that phrase, after you have suffered a while. When we're believing God, there is a point sometimes between amen and hey, it's here. And that amen and hey, it's here is a moment of, it is a moment of struggle as we'll see of our faith. It is a moment of suffering. It's a moment of passion in our lives see some people have taken that incorrectly to mean that what that means is that it's the will of God for you to suffer for a short period of time before you get your answer because you learn something from it let me tell you something I take my hand out into the garage and I'm nailing nails and I hit that I miss and I hit my hand it don't take me some time to recognize don't miss the nail dummy the minute you have pain in your life, you've learned something from it if you're smart and humble. Right? That verse is not saying it's the will of God for you to suffer. What he's saying is if you'll dig your heels in, there's going to be a moment of resistance. And that word suffering talks about the suffering that Jesus went through when he went to the cross. You know, the, the, the movie's called The Passion of the Christ. It's that passionate pushing forward through, through, through the will of God. And that's what this is talking about. After you've dug your heels in and you've experienced, have you ever been through a problem where you believe in God? It's a little painful. But it ain't the will of God. He don't want you to suffer with that pain for one minute. Why? Because he's a good God. He's already released the blessing. So what that's saying is, is just in these moments you need to recognize, don't give up, dig your heels in, resist the devil. Why? Because the suffering's coming from the thief who's looking to, like a roaring lion, looking to get into your life. And so what we need to do is we need to dig our heels in. And notice what he says for that, that phrase, a little while. That, that phrase, a little while, actually I looked it up, it means brief or temporarily. So it means your suffering shouldn't be very long. See, some people have bought it. Well, this is just my cross to bear. This is what I just suffer through. Like, I got to do, I'm going to deal with this one. You ain't got to deal, you ain't got to take a diagnosis for the rest of your life. You ain't got to deal with any of those things. You can trust God and believe God for deliverance from the attacks of the enemy. And if you say, well, I've been suffering for years, then I would say, get yourself quiet before God and figure out what the problem is and what other little fox you've allowed into your life that you need to get out. Because every time I see anything in Scripture, when God delivers quickly, it's because the road is clear for him to do so. <laughs> but when there's a delay, typically there's a blockage on the receiving end that needed to be removed. Amen. So we need to dig in and hear God say it. But the reality is, is that God wants us to be delivered. And if we'll dig our heels in when time says give up, but we say, no, I'm going to endure, we can see answers to our prayer. See, Psalm chapter 30 and verse 5 says, weeping may endure for a night. I love this verse. How many of you know what the next part says? But joy cometh in the morning. It doesn't say it might come. doesn't say it ain't going to come. It says it comes. 
if you'll just simply hang on, right? We can be confident that through any storm in our life, when time says it's not going to happen, that I'm going to dig my heels in. If I don't know what the problem is, I'm going to keep standing, believing I'm okay until God shows me, and I'm going to walk through on the other side because joy is coming in the morning. You know, sometimes you say, well, why doesn't God just do it immediately? Why do he, He's powerful. Why don't he just wave his magic wand? Let me tell you why. Most of the time, it's because God has to deal with hard-headed, hard-hearted, hard-hearing people. A lot of the things we're believing for in our life, God wants to do, but he ain't, let's just take for example, say you're believing God to get out of your financial troubles, right? Well, you very well could be there in the first place because you were hard-headed, hard-hearing, right? It's going to take a little time to dig yourself out. You've you got to turn the Titanic around, and sometimes it takes some time. But how many realize that getting out of that financial situation could be completely solved if somebody just walked up to you and gave you a big old check to take care of it? Right? Well, isn't that what God promises? Give and you receive. It'll give you good measure, pressed down, shaken together through the hands of men. So one of the promises of God is that God will bless you through people, through favor, raises, jobs, promotions, increase, all those things. But how many realize God could be tapping somebody on the shoulder saying, hey, help that person out. Hey, help that person out. Hey, help that person out. And that person could be saying, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to be selfish with my money. I want to be selfish with my money. I want to be selfish with my money. Right? Sometimes God has to work through people. Sometimes he has to maneuver things to take place in our life. God's never going to override the will of a human being. He gives us all a choice. Right? You think about Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Let me just settle on this one for a minute so you can see it. And our Bible, you know, me and Delisa, we do a Bible reading on a regular basis daily. And in our Bible reading, I've been reading about God delivering the children of Israel from Pharaoh. You know, in that scripture, it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And some stupid people would think that means that God took Pharaoh and said, I'm going to make your heart hard because that's what I want to use you for. You ever made somebody angry? And you didn't do anything wrong? And they just got angry? And all of a sudden, they were, they were your enemy? See, God didn't harden his heart. God just said, let my people go. And because of that anger, Pharaoh got mad about it and said, I ain't doing that. And he, his heart, he, God made him, right? He hardened his heart because he just said, do this. And he didn't want to do it, so his heart got hard, right? But here, think about this for a minute. Seven different plagues over a course of time. He, he did it. He, he did a plague, and Pharaoh said, okay, I'll let him go, and then changed his mind. Did another plague. Okay, I'll let him go. And why didn't God just squash him and get his people out of there? Let me tell you why. Because God loved Pharaoh too. And he wanted to give Pharaoh a chance to turn his heart toward him. See, sometimes God has to deal with hard-hearted, hard-hearing, hard-listening people that he loves. And so when your answer is delayed sometimes, don't look at it as God withholding. It's God just trying to find a willing heart. God is looking all over the earth, seeking somebody he can show himself strong through on the behalf of. <laughs> so, so that's sometimes why our answer is delayed. And when it's delayed, what do we do? Do we whine and complain and bellyache? No, we dig our heels in and we endure. 
2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1 and 3 says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We dig our heels in and we choose to endure, not as a crying, whining baby, but as a good soldier. And digging your heels in as a good soldier involves grit, determination, and joy. See, the good soldier isn't the one that's cowering in the foxhole, although he may be cowering in the foxhole. It's the one that, in spite of the cowering in the foxhole, rises up and says, I got a job to do, so I'm going to stand up and I'm going to go win my battle. See, that's required of us if we're going to endure the test of time, if we're not going to allow impatience to rob us. And part of that is true joy, enduring with joy. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you're happy for the trial? No. Is he saying when you get up in the morning you have a headache? Oh, I'm so happy I got this headache. That ain't what he's saying. He said when you face the headache, go ahead and look at it, it says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work. Just dig your heels in, he says, so that you may mature and be complete, not lacking anything. The joy he's talking about is the joy that rises up and says, just another chance for me to show the devil's defeat. Just another opportunity for, for, opportunity for me to display that I am a winner and a conqueror through Christ Jesus instead of a defeated foe at the hands of my enemy. See, true champions, true good soldiers relish the battle. They don't run from it. They relish it. They look forward to it. I mean, I think about the movie Gladiator. You ever seen the movie Gladiator? I mean, I think about that first scene. And I mean, on both sides, man, they just want to get in there and fight and win their battle. They were looking forward to it in the face of opposition, in the face of pain, in the face of difficulty. And that's what he's talking about, that when time tries to beat on us, we need to dig our heels in as those that are strong in faith, put on our armor with joy and say, here's another chance for me to prove that the devil is defeated and my Savior won. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's a message in and of itself, not in your strength. Right? Just rise up and say, He's living in me, I'm going to trust Him. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now here's what I told you, put it on the shelf, right? Everybody talked about, you know, don't we wrestle? Notice what it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Aren't we supposed to wrestle with the devil? Aren't we supposed to pray? Aren't we supposed to, you know, people talk about intercession. When you intercede, you know what you're interceding? You're not interceding begging God to do something. You're not interceding to run the devil off. You're interceding for the hearts of people that you're praying for. God, soften their heart. God, work in their life. God, I'm praying for them. Amen. It's just for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so there is a wrestle or a struggle. But what is, how do we wrestle? Does it mean we get in there, devil, I'm fighting with you. No, he's defeated. Just for we wrestle not, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. Everybody say withstand. You know, Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. That doesn't mean, you know, we're not a progressing army. Why? Because we've already won. The devil will attack you, just stand your ground. Say, no devil, get out of here. I'm just going to keep standing. So that we may be able to withstand 
in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. Well, how do you wrestle with the devil? Stand your ground. Say, I've already told you to get lost. I ain't fighting you. I'm not acknowledging you. You're done. I'm standing my ground. I'm going to focus on Jesus and enjoy my life. That's how you fight the devil. That's how you stand your ground. And when you stand your ground, here's what the word says. Psalm 30 verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Why? Because in my prosperity, I said I'll never be moved. That word prosperity means wholeness, soundness. It's not just talking about finances. See, weeping may, time sometimes may be a, a, something we have to deal with, but we'll dig our heels in and say, I'm going to stand. I'm going to do it joyfully. I'm going to be a good soldier. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to grow weary. I'm not going to let despair and hope and la lack of hope just sweep over me. No, I'm putting on my armor. I'm going to dig my heels in. I'm going to wipe my lip. I'm going to bite down on my mouthpiece. And I'm going to say, devil, you can't have the land that Jesus has already given me. That's how you stand your ground against the devil. Last faith killer, musicians come. Thank you for being attentive. As the musicians come, overcoming and resisting this last faith killer is a big part of you standing. See, we talked about, first of all, we run the devil off using the name of Jesus, but after you run the devil off, there's a space between amen and hey, it's here. We dig our heels in, we stand. How do we stand? A big part of standing is not only just digging your heels in, it has something to do specifically with something you do every day in your life, and that's moving your tongue and lips. Negative words can be a faith killer. Negative words are one of the most detrimental killers of our faith and we don't even realize it. James said the tongue is unruly and who can tame it? There are many times where your tongue just spits something out and as soon as you say it, you're like, why did I say it? And you know, when, you, when you're in that attitude, you just say, Lord, forgive me and move on, right? But sometimes we say things and don't even realize the impact it's having upon our life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35 through 37, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure, uh, out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that, if, that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Now there are two applications of this, this, what Jesus said here. First application is this. We're going to stand before God one day, and we're going to give an account for what we've said about our lives. On Judgment Day, when we stand before Him at the judgment seat of Christ as a believer, right? But there's a principle here we must understand, and it's really found in verse 35. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. The words you speak over your life are a product of what you believe in your heart. And when you say you're believing God, you're trusting God, you're standing, but you go around speaking your circumstances, speaking what everything, all the lying vanities say about your life instead of what the Word of God says about your life, you're robbing your life. You're actually stating what you believe. And in that moment, that word uh, justified means made right. That word condemnation means doomed to destruction. In that moment, when you speak that word out from a believing heart, you're robbing, you're either justifying, making your life right through what you're saying, or you're condemning and dooming your life by what you're saying. What do I mean? Like, like when you wake up in the morning and you feel sick and you've got a headache, I know you want to say, man, I feel horrible. 
But when you choose to say, this is the day that the Lord has made, I've been healed by Jesus' stripes, when you speak those words, you're releasing your justification, you're made right in the future moment. You must speak words. You must resist the, 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 the challenge to speak negative words. You say, because I've had people say, well, does that mean I can never tell anybody when I'm struggling? No, that doesn't mean that. And that's what we're a group of believers here, right? But when you do it, you do it the right way. You don't come in and say, oh, I mean, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. We'll pick you up, we'll help you. Right? We'll pick you up and help you and love you anyway. But what the real way you approach somebody would be like, you know, I'm really going through this. It's been tough for me. I'm digging my heels. I believe that I'm healed. But can you agree with me? Right? That's how you let people know. That's how you bear one another's burdens. Otherwise, it just becomes a big boohoo fest, right? Not a faith fest. And we want faith festivals, right, going on in this place. Jesus said, For verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Jesus said this. I didn't say it. It's not hocus pocus. It's not some weird thing. He said, when you say the truth of God's word over your life, you have the capacity, I hate to even use this in the context social society uses it nowadays, you actually manifest that blessing in your life. See, people have taken a faith concept in the word of God and tried to apply it to the natural without God's word involved in their life. You know, I'm manifesting this over my life. If you ain't believing God's word over it, I can tell you this, either the devil's going to accommodate you or not, but God ain't involved in it. Amen. But when we speak the word of God, Jesus says you can have whatsoever you say. What that means then is if you speak negative things, you're going to have that. For 1 Corinthians 10 verse 10 says, And do not murmur in an unwarranted discontent, as some of them did, and were destroyed of the destroyer. See, when you murmur and complain and you bellyache, you open the door, you're saying, devil, here, I'm, I'm speaking what you want over my life. I'm sick, I'm hurting, I'm down, I'm depressed, I'm blah, 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 blah. No, we should dig our heels in and say, Lord, I'm digging in, I'm a soldier of God, I'm facing the battle, and I'm speaking the word over my life. Amen? Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can preserve life or destroy it, so you must accept the consequences of your words. Negative words can be little foxes that rob us. We may think nothing of it, we're just saying it, right? But I'm, I'm arresting you this morning, hopefully by the Spirit of God, so that you would recognize that God wants you speaking words of life over your situation. Make a stand as a good soldier. Do what God told Ezekiel to do. I'm going to read to you a portion of Scripture. I want you to notice this. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out of the Spirit of the Lord, carried me out in the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by round about and behold, there were many, many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. See, Ezekiel found himself in a vision in the midst of a, a dry bone place, dead bones, nothing living. We may find ourselves in those spots in our life. 
where everything around us looks like it's not living. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bone live? And he answered and said, God, only you know. You ever been in that spot? We're like, I don't know whether you can resurrect this one or not. Only you do. And he said unto me, I want you to notice this, prophesy unto these bones. That means speak to these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Oftentimes when you're going through a difficult spot, it's not because God put you to there and learn something. It's because you're there and God wants you to change something. Change it with your words. He said, prophesy unto these bones, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Verse 5, then saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone, and when I began, I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them above but there was no breath in them then he said to me keep talking keep talking prophesy unto the wind prophesy son of man and say to the wind thus saith the Lord come from the four winds O breath and breathe upon these slain that they may live so I prophesied as he commanded and the breath came into them and they lived and stood upon their feet and there was an exceeding great army Speak words of faith to the dry bones in your life when you're standing your ground against the devil. The Spirit of God spoke this to me, this, this, this to me. I want you to listen to it. It says, when the bills come you don't think you can pay. When the report comes that's full of dismay. When pain or sickness raises its head. When despair sweeps in over your dream and your dreams seem dead. When discord rings loud and your relationships ooze strife, it is then that we rise up and begin to speak life. Speak life to your problems. Speak life to your fear. Speak life to every evil report that you hear. Then the four winds of heaven will blow over your drought and the blessing of God will come rising out of the ashes that surround your dry barren land. So stand and speak life. It's time. Take a stand. I'm telling you now that there are many little foxes that'll try to rob your life, but if you'll resist the foxes, you'll endure and you'll stand your ground and speak the truth of God's word, you will enjoy the grapes that God has placed on your vine. I'll close with this verse. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. Why? This is the goal, this is the culmination of it all. For he is faithful that promised you can rely on God if he said it I believe it that settles it amen trust God speak the word dig your heels in and resist the foxes and enjoy the grapes that God has provided for you amen thanks for listening to our Grace Family Church podcast we really hope you enjoyed this message if this ministry has blessed you in any way we would love for you to get connected Just go to gfcva.info to learn more about who we are, how to give to this ministry, or how you can get involved. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to see you soon.